side. Loose in front. Gunner has it. Fire save by Storm. Yale's going to win it. And the Bulldogs win their first championship in NCAA history. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome to the Championship Weekend Recap episode of The Crease Dive, presented by Barstool Sports, your one-stop shop for that stick talk for lax rats, by lax rats. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me for the entire season and now wrapping up the year in 2018 of college lacrosse, we got Robbie O in the back seat. Robbie, what how are we feeling right now? What is up, dude? Doing well. We are uh, driving back from Foxborough, that Yukon lifestyle, that content lifestyle. The content does not speak. The content does not stop. Pardon me. Let's talk about this weekend. Let's just talk about today, what, what we just watched with that Duke Yale game. Yeah, I mean, uh, content never stops at never all. Stops. And, and neither does the Yale Bulldogs because they've been pouring it on all weekend long and Today was no exception. I mean, Yale winning their first ever NCAA national championship by a score of 13 to 11 over Duke, uh, and it was the exact, it was the exact performance that we were everyone kind of expected to see out of Yale. I mean, their offense was firing on all cylinders. Obviously, everything goes through Ben Reeves. I mean, the kid is. He's a, you can't match up defensively against him, and there are so many programs in Division One lacrosse right now who are so goddamn happy that he's finally out of college lacrosse. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, coaches across the <laughs> coaches across the league can finally get a decent amount of sleep now because uh, they do not have to game plan against Ben Reeves. Uh, there wasn't too much that anyone could do to stop him this season. Um, yeah, this championship game was Reeves against Gutterding, the only two players in. Uh, college across for this season with uh, 100 points or more and Jordy with Yale winning the national championship the torts and the torton's got to go to Ben Reeves correct I mean dude it's it, no brainer because it has to go to him I mean listen all the all five guys who are finalists all five of those guys are game changers 100 percent uh you know obviously the, the way that Trevor has changed the game in in general with the face-off position um and, like an incredible career from him you know he's a game changer. Uh, obviously, Gutty. Uh, you know the the all-time leading goal scorer in NCAA lacrosse history. Obviously, he's a game changer. Uh, Pat Spencer, an incredible player. Connor Kelly. You know he's been to the Final Four all four years that he's been in Maryland. But the way that Ben Reeves is, the thing about his game is that there's literally nothing that he can't do on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, dude, he's like, he's basically if you wanted to make the perfect lacrosse player. It's Ben Reeves. He's big. He's got size. He's, he's got, got speed. speed. He's got vision. Uh, you know, he can take you to the cooker one on one. So if you don't slide to him, he'll beat you one on one, and, and he'll take you to the net. If you do slide to him, if the, there's there's Goddamn right on the crease, following the backslide. So so I mean, what he does is just he does it's everything. He does everything so goddamn well. And obviously, you know that that's uh, you know that's that's how you win a national championship when you have a guy like Ben Reeves on your team. Uh, you know, it's, it's essentially. It's pretty much like having a LeBron on your team. Exactly. And uh, going off of that point, I did think JT Giles did a great job against him one-on-one. -on -one. But like you said, one-on-one's fine. You still got to slide to the kid and respect him. He just had nine points 
uh, against an Albany team when Yale poured it on them for a 20-goal performance. So, like, they're going to have to respect him, but other players stepped up. And, you know, like you said, he's not a one-dimensional guy. He is your ideal ex-attackman, the guy that you want carrying the ball. And we're talking about this Yale offense. We're talking about Yale. Uh, ben Reeves here, who, for my prediction right now, is Torrenton winner. I, I guess, I mean, going into this game, we said it's – it's whoever won the national championship, whichever uh, offensive stud took their team to hold the hardware at the end. But let's just talk about Jack Star, the freshman goalie who, and, speaking of, and then we'll get to Chris Fake too because he's another freshman defenseman, but the offense can't start without the goaltending. Yeah, I mean, what Jack Star showed this weekend is he is going to be one of the best goaltenders in the nation for, for a while now. I mean, he still has three more years left at Yale. Um, dude, I mean, his biggest save of the game, I think it came in the second quarter. Uh, Duke, there was one point Duke was having a little, uh, you know, a tough time clearing the ball against that 10-man ride. They were finally able to kind of get a desperation pass down the other end of the field. Uh, got caught around the box, then it got kicked down the gutty, and then Gutterding put it, uh, you know, so kind of a jumbled fast break, but then mm -hmm. Gutterding hit Joe Robertson on the backside. It looked like a, the easiest dip and dunk of all time, but then Jack Starr was able to just jump over there and stuff him. Um, you, you know, not only, you know, not all saves count the same i i understand that they're all just you know they all count for one save on the stat sheet mm -hmm. but you know a save like that is a huge momentum swing you know not only uh does duke not get the momentum of scoring that goal but now you get the momentum going the other way after seeing your freshman goaltender have a huge save there came up with an yeah another huge save at the very you know the final few seconds of that game on Gutterding, I think he stopped that last shot with his dick, uh, which is a pretty good metaphor for you know pretty much how that game went. I mean, the kid took out his dick and balls, left him out there on the field, and uh, you know for a freshman coming in on on the game's biggest stage, he uh, he didn't look phased by it by all. Oh, not at all. Yeah, Star was definitely uh, swinging that third leg there. But uh, speaking of swinging big things, dude, we we've been praising uh, fake calves. <laughs> This entire week, I thought he did a fantastic job on Gutterding, and we we expected nothing less. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say expected it, but to have a freshman depot who's been lights out, you know, he shut down everyone he's played against. He did a fantastic job on Pat Spencer, did a fantastic job on Fields. Then he's got Gutterding. Ah, dude, he, he is... Like we said, let's check the kids' birth certificate. Yeah, I mean, like uh, he's he's playing against one of the best college lacrosse players that have All come to the game. Goal scorer, um, you know, playing against one of the best players in the nation, and you know he he's so big, he's so strong. Uh, you know, he's, he's such like a great athlete that you know a guy like Justin Gutterding you know I'm glad he was able to you know get himself on the board there today but for a while you know it just looked like he was having difficulty figuring out you know what he had to do to get by this kid um, you know so again like you, you've got a, a first team all-american changing the game down on that end of the field you got a freshman goaltender deciding to play out of his mind when the you know when the season comes down to it the most and then you've got you know ben reeves so I, and, I then, and then and then mackie going 50 percent of the faceoff. That's, that's really all you need yeah pretty much every single area of the field they did. uh you know yale had things covered yeah. And so, you know, even when Duke was able to kind of come back in that game a little bit, even when they were able to make it a little bit interesting, it just always felt like Yale 
had a pretty good hold on the game, and you know, you know, Duke was kind of, kind of trying to grab it a little bit, but in yeah. a tug of war match, you know, that flag never really came close to the middle. Com- completely agree with you. Everything you just said there. My one takeaway with Duke's strategy here, it was very MIDI-oriented, I felt. And, and and they did a really good job. The MIDIs did what they had to do. But as far... So you have Justin Gutterding, correct? I felt like they never really just ISO'd him. I, I felt like he wasn't dodging to score or dodging to feed. He, there were some sets where Justin was just on the crease. And the other two were just playing the two-man game behind. I, I told you, I was like, when there was 40 seconds left uh, before the half ended, I was like, Duke, Duke calls a timeout. I'm like, you got to have Justin just go one-on-one. You, you are the, yes, Chris Fake is an absolute stud, but he, he's a freshman. And you got and you got Justin Gutterding, a senior. It is his last game, win or lose, as a Duke Blue Devil. And he's had the career and the season that he's had. Trust him. Let him go. All right. Like, he, he doesn't. You know, he shoots, he misses. All right, fine. He shoots, gets stripped, fine. But I, I really felt that there was no sense of urgency from him. And, and we're not out there. We don't know what it's like in the huddle. I'm sure Danowski had a game plan. But from the outside perspective, it felt like they had no... J- Justin really was not part of the game plan initially dodging. See, I just think that this this Yale defense, um, you know, we, we had a chance to talk with the mm-hmm. the, the whole uh, Yale strength and conditioning team. Shout out to the professor. Yeah, uh, shout out to the professor. I mean, these guys have this Yale team as a bunch of absolute animals. They are all freaks. I'm assuming that they all just wake up in the morning, they eat weights, uh, you know, eat they, in the they, middle. They, they, they go to class, they, uh, they have some lunch, they eat some weights for lunch. Maybe they go back to class. They, eat a dumbbell. They, yeah, they eat a dumbbell. And, you know, it's weights for dinner as well. I mean, these kids are absolute animals. And with that, you know, that, that Yale defense being so big, so strong, so physical, so aggressive, um, and on top of all that, so smart, the only way that you're going to beat them is, first off, you're, you're going to have your, your work cut out for you six on six. I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're very hard to match set, up against. Setting something up for a six-on-six offense against them is going to be very difficult. So you have to try to beat them, you know, either with man-up opportunities or in transition. Um, but, you know, when you are trying to go at them six-on-six, if you're not drawing a slide, I mean, if you're not drawing a slide on most defenses in the country, you're probably not going to have a ton of success yeah. offensively, especially against this Yale team. And I just think that Chris Fake, again, you can you can say he's a freshman all you want, but he doesn't play that way. No, he, no, no. I, I never said he played like a freshman. Well, I, my yeah, my but, whole but, argument was just I felt like Justin never really tried him. Right. No, I get that, but I think you know you have to realize that. You know, I, I think you you need to know that you probably just don't have. You know, Justin Gutterding is an incredible goal scorer. He's an incredible player, one of the best to ever come through college lacrosse. Um, I I just think that you chalk it up. I I think that yeah. yeah I, I think that that's just a matchup that doesn't automatically draw you a slide. It doesn't give you the highest percentage to draw a slide. And you know, when you need two goals and under a minute left to go, um, you really need to make sure that a slide is coming. Mm-hmm. And I I just don't know if that was the matchup that you would get it out of. Um, so I mean, going midi oriented with the, with that game plan offensively, really just to get that defense rotating, yeah. um, you know. And, and unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out there at the end. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, that's it's not taking anything away from no. Justin. I mean, obviously, if you listen to the podcast before, you know that Justin, it, we were huge, huge Justin Gutterding fans. Of course, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just think that that's that's a matchup where you can put literally anybody in the world going up against Chris Fake. And I think that they're going to have difficulty drawing a slide. So I, I just think that it would make more sense to try to get the defense rotating from up top, then get it down to Justin, and then see what he can do with it from there. Um, you know, unfortunately, they just kind of ran out of time there. But, again, that's that's all credit, though, to I mostly credit. I mean, obviously, the defensive coordinators deserve mm-hmm. plenty of credit as well. But the strength and conditioning unit at Yale uh, just – they're basically like the monsters in Space Jam. I mean, they're fucking enormous individuals, and you know, if, if they're just beating the shit out of you, it's, it's going to be a long day offensively. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like you said, dude, these kids were physical specimens. You see them on TV, like, all right, like this this Yellow Bulldog team. They're, they're a big crew. We saw them in person. I remember it was probably midway through the second quarter of uh, the semis of uh, Albany versus Yale. Oop, we just hit a quick little break there. <laughs> Recording from the car, like we said. But um, we looked at each other, and I was just like, we kind of just gave each other the same look. We're like, dude, Yale looks. They were on a completely different level. And we said it once, we'll say it again. When they put 20 goals on Albany, I don't care who you're playing, but when you put 20 goals on a team in the Final Four in Memorial Day weekend, yeah. They, they just looked good right right out the gate. Dude, and not only did they look up, but, like, when you put up 20 goals against Albany in that first game, that's a game where it wasn't probably very emotionally draining on them. It probably wasn't very physically draining on them. I think that, you know, Yale had, uh, you know, again, like, obviously we're big Albany guys, so we're not disrespecting Albany here at all, or at least not intending to, but I think that that was kind of a just a, a real super easy layup game for them where it really didn't take much out of them when you're playing in championship weekend you go saturday and monday that's a quick turnaround mm-hmm. um I, I think that duke was probably you know they probably spent a little bit more gas in that first game of the weekend than yale that. had to and i think that you know that kind of showed itself a little bit in this game where uh you know duke was just they were trying to find that extra level that it was going to take to to you know finally uh, steal the lead from Yale, and they just couldn't get to that gear. It was just it was just so hard for them to score six on six. Uh, the only way that they were going to score was man up and transition. Like you said, the the odds were not with Duke there. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and really, what that comes down to is just I mean, Yale is I mean all, all the teams there the championship. Yeah, they're, they're there for a reason. Team, of course. But Yale, I mean, they're just uh, I mean that that's one of the more complete teams that college across has probably seen in a while. I mean, like we said, in all areas of the game, uh, I think that they had the edge today, and that's how you come away as winning your first national championship in uh, you know in program history. Um, not only did they win on the field, but they also win uh, on the sidelines as well with the greatest mascot in college across, yeah, Handsome Dan. I was, uh, you know, pretty pumped to get my picture taken with him. He is and he's a beaut. And, he's a beaut, and you're a bulldog owner yourself, so obviously <laughs> you can definitely appreciate that. Check out that pic on our socials uh, yeah. at the Crease Dive. Uh, that Han- is Hans- on Handsome Dan Instagram. also doesn't shit and piss in my apartment, so it's uh, definitely great to see a bulldog who doesn't do that. Or be a special guest on our podcast with the <laughs> <Yeah>. barks. <laughs> um, but um, just, we said it once, we'll say it again. 
Just really, really appreciate everyone's support this weekend. It was an incredible experience for Jordy and I. You know, just being able to walk across the stadium and, you know, you guys stopping us, asking for picks, and just, you know, complimenting us on this entire season, man. It, it, it's been one one hell of a ride this season for, yeah, what, I mean, 16, 17 weeks. Yeah, stepping away from, you know, the national championship yeah. game, I think my biggest takeaway from this weekend uh, is you know the lacrosse community we you know it's, it's a smaller community obviously lacrosse is smaller than you know football baseball whatever so the lax community I mean it's growing but it's still a small community with that being said I'll take the lax community over any other group of human beings on yeah. the planet I mean it is filled with some of the greatest people um, you know and you know, I'm glad that we get to showcase that for at least, you know, one weekend out of every year on Memorial Day weekend. You know, it's a great job by the sport of lacrosse to really own this weekend in sports. And, uh, you know, if, you know, I, I just think, you know, with the, everyone showing support, everyone showing love this weekend, getting, you know, to see, you know, everything that everyone's been up to, yeah. um, you know, whether it's, you know, alumni who are now playing in the pros or just guys, you know, other guys like in the media and shit like that. Everyone Such in the a everyone in the lax community is just good ass people, um, you know. And I think that that's something that you know the sport uh, can can really hang its hat on because you know we, we might get shit on every now and then from you know the the rest of the world who you know they're not lax fans, um, but everyone else can go fuck themselves because uh, lax community is the shit. And if you're not a part of it, you know, then you're a bozo because you're missing out. And fuck off. Yeah, definitely no. fuck off. Yeah, but dude, I, I mean, everyone had each other's back. Everyone has each other's backs in the, in the lacrosse community. Like you said, such a tight-knit group. We met a lot of incredible people. And like you said, you just got to you get to shoot the shit with, you know, uh, other fans, alumni, to see what everyone's up to. And it's, it's really something special, which I think lacrosse has that's different than, than other sports. Like you said, it's not as big as football, not as big as baseball, but the fan base and, and, and the passion and pride that goes into the sport is definitely something special and you can't take for granted. Yeah, um, so I mean, it, it's an incredible weekend of college lacrosse that, that caps off just an incredible year all around. Um, you know, it's kind of bittersweet moment here. It, yeah, it hasn't yeah. really sunk in yet. Hasn't really sunk in yet. I mean, we're, we're sitting here in this car dealing with a little bit of uh, Memorial Day weekend traffic. Uh, you know, the college lacrosse season's over. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, kind of a bittersweet moment because it was such a great weekend and now it's kind of over. Um, but, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to, you know, keeping this thing going. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have, you know, some more content firing out there this summer, especially with the World Championships coming up. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's it's just a great year of lacrosse, and it's a great year, you know, another great time to be proud of, of being a lacrosse fan. Definitely. It was uh, it was a surreal experience definitely covering it, uh, just covering this entire season with you, Jordy, and, you know, having all you guys follow along with us. Um, just want to shout out all the teams that uh, made it. Uh, this weekend uh, from Division One to Division Three, want to give a shout out to Merrimack for winning the D2 National Championship. Shit pumping. <laughs> Just absolutely smack St. Leo's. Shout out to St. Leo's though. They seem like some good dudes. And then. Um, just a shout out to Wesleyan, first time ever winning the national championship game. Uh, we were mucking it up a little bit with uh, the student section there, so that was a lot of fun. But uh, you know, Albany. Uh, you got Albany, you got Maryland. So shout out to you know every, everyone who made it there. It's an accomplishment within itself.
Also, a real quick shout out to you know all the guests who came on this year. I mean, we started this podcast late January. Didn't really know what to expect <laughs> out of it. You know, didn't know if it was gonna you know be something that lasted. Didn't know if it was gonna be something that took off. Um, but then you know, with some of the guests that came on and, and supported us right out of the gate, I think really helped us you know kind of take off a little bit. So I mean, sure. shout out Justin Gutterding, Dahoga Nanakoke, Joel Tenney, Ian McKay. Ian McKay. Uh, Jordy Wolf, Jordy Wolf. You got Kevin Crowley, um, Paul Rabel, Ty Zanders, uh, Connor Kelly. Uh, who else? Come on. Sexton, Ryder Garnsey, Ryder Garnsey, Nate Sexton, Solomon, Nate Solomon. Um, who? JT Giles Harris, JT Giles Harris, Danny Fowler. Uh, who else are we missing here? I, we, I feel like we're missing a big one. Maybe Trevor Baptiste. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Baptiste. Wait, so uh, we just hype ourselves up a little bit. There were sixteen inside lacrosse all Americans and fourteen were on the podcast. What was the stat? I, I, don't, I don't know if those are the exact numbers, but I feel like I feel like, yeah. Out of the first team all Americans, we had a shit ton. Uh, you know, we we had a, we had a few second teams there as well. Uh, we had three out of the five Tawarton finalists. We were finally able to capture the elusive Ben Reeves on the field after he won the national Got championship Got a nice little pick on there. Hint, so, hint, dude, he's huge. So, yeah, absolutely enormous human <laughs> being. So, we'll count that as, like, three and a half because we yeah, got a picture. Yeah, yeah. So, we got three and a half out of the five to work. <laughs> yo, yo, Pat, Sp- Pat Spencer, you up, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. Yeah, uh, WYD. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the, the support from those guys to, you know, jump on with us, you know, and kind of shoot the shit, just be fucking – uh, you know, nice and nice and loose about it. And yeah, the we, support of all the fans. Like I you mean, said, it's students first, athletes second. So obviously, really appreciate you guys finding the time throughout this season, this busy season, and your academic schedules uh, to find time to hop on the podcast. So really appreciate uh, all of you guys for uh, this entire season. Yeah, yeah, and everyone for listening. For uh, sure. We love you guys, and just uh, DM Ravi O your address. He will come over and he will kiss you right on the mouth. <laughs> for listening and following the crease dive all season long. Uh, but that is going to wrap. <laughs> yeah, you told me that you were going to kiss everybody on the mouth. Sure. Right, yeah, right, just slide into the DMs. Right, on, the right on the mouth. Good old-fashioned mouth kiss from Robbie O. Uh, you can't ask for much more after that. But, yeah, so we're going to, uh, you know, that's going to wrap up the 2018 NCAA lacrosse season for us at the crease dive. Yeah, shedding a tear a little bit here, but uh, – you know, I'm also uh, starting to get a little car sick because we're <laughs> in this traffic, so we're going to have to pull over. I'm going to pull the trigger, puke a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one last thing, quick shout-out to camera guy Steve for... The know, homie. For, for hanging with us all weekend. He's, uh, he's also in the middle of driving us back to New York City. So, uh, Steve, you know, you, you had yourself a hell of a weekend there, had one of the best seats in the house, so really appreciate you joining along here. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. You know, uh, like you said, uh, couldn't ask for a better seat, and uh, can't wait to show you guys all the content we're about to uh, put out this week. So, uh, yeah, guys, cheers. Yeah, make sure you check out all the videos that we got coming up on barstoolsports.com. And, uh, yeah, make sure you are following us on all of our social channels on Twitter and Instagram at The Crease Dive. A bunch of good good shit coming out over the next week, maybe two weeks or so. So uh, make sure you keep an eye out for that. In the meantime... Low to high to the day we die for one last time of the college lack season. We out.
lace the track, you lock the flow So far from hanging on the block we go Notorious, they got to know that Life ain't always what it seemed to be Words can't express what you mean to me Even though you're gone, we still a team Through your family, I fulfill your dreams In the future, can't wait to see If you open up the gates for me Reminisce sometime, the night they took my friend Try to black it out, but it plays again When it's real, feelings hard to conceal Can't imagine all the pain I feel Give anything to hear half a breath I know you're still living your life after death